0: This is the penultimate Dolphins in Depth podcast with star of the show Adam Beasley. I am caddy of the show Armando Salguero. Welcome in, as always. Big embrace for you guys listening in, and uh, big embrace for you, Adam Beasley. You're leaving me. Thanks
1: a lot, bro. Thanks. Yeah, a lot. you're you're getting me all weepy in the first minute. We got a we got a long show ahead of us, Armando.
0: Yeah, uh, but, you know, the news always comes first. And you broke some personal news on social media, which is, I guess, the new way of doing things nowadays. You 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 do the, I'm leaving, hopeful of what's next, and then five minutes later, oh, here's what's next.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, you know I, I am going to be first the news a- a- as of July 2nd. I'll be leaving the Miami Herald. I'll be leaving my good friend Armando Sargero, my good friend Barry Jackson, my home for the last 15 years for a new challenge, and that new challenge is the NFL Insider for Pro Football Network, a football-based, as the as the title suggests, a, a, a football-focused uh, news website uh, that's about three years old and is experiencing. Such great g- growth, Armando, that they can handle my bloated salary. I mean, that to me is the most uh, incredible part of all this. That another place wants to pay me my exorbitant uh, hourly rate, which is, uh, you know, easily puts me in the top one percent, but probably a top one tenth of one percent, if we're being honest. So good for Pro Football Network. Sad for the Miami Herald, and uh, they kind of outed me a little bit. Uh, the, the Herald did. I was This has been in the works for a couple of weeks, but I was going to wait since my last day with the Herald is until July 2nd. I was going to wait until we got closer to then until I broke the news. But they, uh, they, they, their timetable is not my timetable, and they posted my job listing. So anyone who went into the McClatchy job board would say, ooh, the Dolphin, the Herald needs to do Dolphins reporter. What happened to Beasley? So I, I I thought it was time to to make the full announcement to let people know where I'm going, and uh, and although I am leaving the beat, although I am leaving the Herald, I am not leaving South Florida. So you're not you will not be rid of me, people on the roads. You still need to use your blinker, or I'll run you over.
0: Well, that's uh, that's great news personally for you. Um, that's uh, I'm very happy for you. Um, I'm very proud of you. Um, I growed you up from a little grasshopper.
1: <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you and, did. And, and here you is. You're a beautiful butterfly. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was a young man at the age of 33 when I got on the beat, and now I'm an old man at 42. Uh, I was recently married when I jumped on the beat. Well, not recently, but I was, you know, still in the early stages of, of, a, of, a, of a long, happy marriage. And now I've got a kid who's almost four years old. Uh, I lived at the time, I think when I when I got on the beat, I think I lived in an apartment in Sunny Isles. I have since moved three times from since then. I've moved to Fort Lauderdale. I've moved to Coconut Creek where we bought a townhouse, and now we're in beautiful Parkland in a single-family home. There have been a lot of life changes. Uh, I think I've lost members of my family in that time. I mean, you, you really, when you think back of how long I've been on the beat, how much has changed? But the one thing that hasn't changed, Armando, is yes. still waiting for a playoff win.
0: Ouch! Ouch! Yeah, that it's it's been a, a minute <laughs> since one of those <laughs> has happened. I believe two thousand. Was the or is it 2000 or 2001? I, I, I think it, was, it
1: might have been the 2000 season, but the win was in the 2001 yeah. calendar year. Yeah,
0: Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken, that was the uh, that was the one that um, you know the Dolphins ran their running back ragged, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. Uh, the next week he gained 25 yards against (laughs) (laughs) Oakland or Los Angeles, which, whatever one of those two the Raiders were at that point. So. Didn't
1: they, uh, didn't they play the Ravens one of those years too in the playoffs? That was the the following
0: year, Mm -hmm. I believe. I wasn't on the beat that year. I was at ESPN. Uh, by the way, I have experience with leaving the Miami Herald and then coming back. So if that ever happens, uh, to you, by all means hit me up. I'll I'll give you some pointers on how to return to Mama Harold and, <laughs> and continue to uh, nurse at her chest <laughs> for a remainder of a
1: career or for a while at least. So let me know. Well, what's uh, I, I appreciate that. What's amazing is, is that people have been writing off newspapers now for at least ten, maybe fifteen years and <laughs> the herald just keeps churning on. I mean they've certainly oh, yeah. had you know some setbacks financially and they've we've had to say goodbye to a a lot of people uh involuntarily on their end um but it's still a solid place to to work it's a obviously a very healthy place to work it's it's a good place to work and i i I would suggest anyone who wants to work at the Miami Herald to apply because there's a very good job opening uh, currently that they want to they want to fill pretty quickly.
0: So the question that everyone wants answered, and that's in the question that I've seen the most on social media following your social media announcement, is: so do I get promoted to star of the show, <laughs> or do I remain caddy of the show, and whoever is your uh, successor becomes the new star of the show, thus continually stomping on my status on the show.
1: Well, it depends on who your next co-host is. Is it Barry? Because he's he he he's not a star. He's a supernova, right? I mean, he, 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 entire galaxies uh uh revolve around that force of nature. So yes, if 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 if, if Barry is the uh, the the next uh, co-host for you, it's supernova of uh, the show. But if they hire from the outside, no, no, you you absolutely have seniority over whatever young whippersnapper they bring in to to take my job. I mean, that's. Well,
0: I don't know yeah. that seniority is the you know the measure of stardom <laughs> of the show. Uh, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I think it's just outright you know shining bright light kind of uh, individual as opposed to. <laughs> Armando, who is a piece of sod, uh, so that's that's the way that that works. Uh, th- that's the how we determine. No,
1: I'll tell you what: uh, the sod that I have planted around my house gets more tender love and attention than I do in my house. So a piece of sod is a step up for me in my own little ecosystem. <laughs> but uh, but yes, I I, I I I mean there has to be a. a Crackling personality that replaces me for them to be star of the show. It can't just be yeah. a dullard, right? It can't. You, you have to have a lot of panache, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a lot of sizzle. You have to uh-huh. give the people what they want. You got to be sexy. Yeah. Oh well, I mean that goes without saying. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I don't. I don't get on that stairmaster for a half an hour every day just for my own, you know, my own health. The health right. is a, is a secondary to my, my stunning good looks, so I get that totally. You gotta have some chutzpah. <laughs> chutzpah, spot is important. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you have to be a uh, below uh, an above slightly above average beat writer. I think I check all those boxes.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Uh, by the way, we are not uh, taping this show at a go kart track. The sound you may or may not hear is uh, my lawn people who are running their little motors all over the place, you know, cutting stuff around my house. It's not – we're not at a go-kart, tra- a go-kart track, and we're not, uh, you know, running around a, one of those uh, m- mechanical tracks trying to go fast through the show. Just well,
1: yeah, and I, I was going to ask you that. It's like, do you have – is it eight, nine, or ten acres? I, I can never keep track.
0: Yes, the Bonanza Salguero homestead where Haas is out in the shed beating up some horses, and little Joe is you know uh, uh out there as well punching cattle uh yeah that it's a it's a solid eight thousand square foot lot so yeah uh,
1: i i love it yeah. <laughs> uh what is what is the uh the biggest plot of land that you've ever had been responsible for because for me, I've only lived in townhouses. This is my first single-family home in, you know, South Florida Parkland. I have it's a postage stamp. It's not a it's not a lot. So I, you know, it, it's it's not a lot of upkeep for for me. Have you ever had? Have you ever lived in a place where it's just been like, expanse nothingness that you've you've been responsible for?
0: No, uh, I really haven't. When I lived in New York, we lived in an apartment, and then uh, you know, growing up, my parents never owned a house. And so we lived in an apartment growing up. Uh, get the violins, Beasley. Yeah, um, I mean this
1: is this is a true Hollywood story of Armando Salero yes, here.
0: Yes. Uh, and then um, when I finally bought my first house, I was I think 25 years old.
1: -hmm. And
0: it was an irregular lot. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? What is what is that? What is the definition of an irregular? It wasn't a square or a or a a rectangle. It was a triangle, which is an irregular (laughs) lot. It's Mm. like what the frick! I put the dog in the yard, and he's like, "Dude, why does that fence cut over here, and the back (laughs) fence is straight? What's up with this? I'm confused. Where do I poop?" <laughs> and, and so uh yeah, irregular lot and smaller regular lot at that and then everything else has been, you know, South Florida suburbs tiny. So yeah, um uh, I got no life. Yeah, um, no.
1: Well, you, you have a you have a fantastic life. You have uh, we, we 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 forget a lot that we do live in paradise. And that there are people in, in the, you know, the demographic changes have borne this out that are just dying to get here. People from the north, people from the west, people from all over looking for, uh, you know, a better climate, a better business economy, a better a, a better way of life that come to Florida. And I think that's kind of what makes this place great. But it also makes it very, very crowded. It makes amazing it place. Yeah, we have, we, we have you know, um, the vast majority of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with South Florida, but we have two major north and south roads, the Turnpike and 95, and when there's a hurricane, you're better off walking because the evacuation route, you, 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 you can go one way, you can go north. I mean, I guess you could escape it to the west, but usually hurricanes come across the peninsula, and so you'd just be delaying the inevitable. But, it, it, I mean, we have hard boundary on the east, and that's, the Atlantic Ocean, and a hard boundary about 13 miles west, and that's the Everglades. And somehow in that strip of land, we fit from Palm Beach County all the way down to the Keys, something like six or seven million people. I I don't know how we do it, but the roads suggest that it's maybe a little too overcrowded.
0: Which leads me to the Miami Dolphins. As you're discussing the entire hurricane plan evacuation for the Beasley clan and your (laughs) secrets for getting to safety and freedom... Uh, it dawns on me that, you know, I've covered at least multiple times where Dolphins administrations and Dolphins coaches have had to deal with crisis of a Mother Nature type of, uh, situation, you know, fires and, and hurricanes and so forth. And this current administration overall, since 2019, they have dealt with nothing. They have no crisis Whoa. that is different from any other team. The
1: they whammy dealt- you just le- leveled on this franchise. Not only are going to have a hurricane, we're going to have an earthquake, we're going to wow. have a, a swarm of uh, those – uh those murder hornets have you seen those have you seen footage of those i guess they're murder hornets they're 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 essentially the size of a of a, an iphone uh all these things are going to come our way because you just uh, you just put the whammy on them
0: yeah uh, i don't believe in that yeah I neither um, I yeah
1: <laughs> i don't so, either
0: but seriously i mean it, it really has been that they have lived right Mm -hmm. As far as outside crisis is concerned, and even – so last year was terrible for everybody, right? Last year was 2020, and, of course, coronavirus was horrible for the entire earth. Mm -hmm. And and we all agree with that. But as far as the Miami Dolphins and how they want to run things and how they want to do business, uh, from a football standpoint, it really – kind of might've helped to be honest with you because it was an, it was an opportunity for a coach who loves to insulate his team and, and build a wall around his team and keep the outside outside and make sure that there are no leaks into the inside. It
1: really did serve Brian floor as well to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I, 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 this is going to sound like it's a pejorative. It's not. It's just an honest assessment. Brian Flores has a college program mentality that he brings to the NFL. And, of course, these are highly paid athletes, and they're a grown men. They're not 18-year-old you know, boys becoming men. These are grown men. But there is a lot to be said about the way he operates, and it, and it does, you know, starting year one. And, of course, some of this has changed, but it takes no talent wall. And I think part of that was a reflection of the last 2 years having each of the last 2 years the youngest roster in the NFL, but I think it also kind of speaks to how he views team building and how he how he views running an organization. And so I think you're right, having that, you know, total, you know, build up the barricades and it's us against the world and we're going to we're we're, we're going to build this thing and you know, team chemistry and leadership and, you know, culture and all that. It, I think you're right. In a way, it did help. Now, losing your starting quarterback or your best quarterback, I guess, is the way to put it in 2020, at least. The last week of the season, the coronavirus was kind of a, <laughs> was was a bad turn of events for them. But by and large, I think they may have benefited. You're right from having that insular total, you know, tighten it, uh, block out all the outside noise, block out all the media. Uh, dynamic and and they may have won some of those 10 wins because of it
0: right well I mean even that so you just mentioned what was probably their biggest crisis of the last two years so with the playoffs on the line a win and you're in uh their backup quarterback comes down with you know COVID and so he is out for the for the for the game Compare that to, say, Joe Burrow being out, what was it, 10 games, 11 Mm -hmm. for Cincinnati? Compare that to the Steelers going without Ben Roethlisberger all of 2019. Compare that with freaking Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Compare that with, uh, you know, the Jets playing Joe Flacco for a – or seven games last year because their starting quarterback had no one, and there was a plague of injuries on that roster. It's like, are you serious?
1: Well, they, uh, they, they, they actually, in a way, and by the way, I do hear those eight, eight acres now being tended to. Uh, yes. <laughs> in a way, they've kind of been charmed. I mean, certainly yes. uh, w- winning, winning five games – Year one was well beyond expectations, and winning ten games in year two was at the very least meeting expectations, and I would argue surpassing them at least according to Las Vegas. And think about this, Armando—they the whole tank for Tua narrative or whatever—but they obviously stripped down in 2019 to build in 2020. Well, they won too many games for that that, that, that that process to be perfect, and yet they still got Tua, the, the quarterback they may have taken regardless.
0: Well, backtrack enough- there for a second, Adam. Think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. They went, what was it, 5-11 in 2019, and people were applauding them. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you did great. Are you serious? I mean, think of how you talk about charmed. Tell me that's not charm. Yeah, Coach, um, so welcome to your new job. You're going to go 5-11, and 11, and people are going to think you're awesome. Mm-hmm. They're going to think you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> are you
1: serious? Yeah, that, no. It's, that
0: is, give me that job.
1: Yeah, that is a great job. Now, granted, that that ends now. I mean, it kind of ended last year. It definitely yes. ends now. I mean, year three, you cover them like an NFL team with no excuses, Your quarterback's entering year two. You've had two years to build up your two three seasons and two full years to build up your roster. That changes now. I'm going to tell you when we get back from this quick break. Another way that we totally didn't see coming that may have set this franchise up even more than lucking into two at the number five pick. So Armando, when we were discussing about the many ways in which the Dolphins have kind of been lucky I mean I am fortunate it's the probably better way to do it and making the most of their opportunities is another Um, if you would have told me in you know the 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 summer of 2019 when we're getting ready for a season that we thought was going to be pretty crappy because of all the you know the the roster cut down that (laughs) they would they would have like five premium draft picks that they would be able to flip Laramie Tunsil for including the number three pick in the 2021 draft that they would pick fifth in 2020 and then have the third pick that they've obviously traded out of in 2021. Like they better win. This team better be really good because they've had more premium draft assets than uh, you know, the Jaguars and the Jets and the the, the the teams that are just terrible every year. I don't think the, the Dolphins, even though they had their struggles, were never in that classification. They were never the dreg of the league like the Jets and the Jags and the Bengals have been for, for forever, it seems like. So to have that kind of draft capital by simply moving on from a tackle that's good, He's not, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he's a good player. But I'll all determine
0: stuff. that oh there it is there it is
1: we need to talk about, we need to talk about Mark Clayton in a second, but yes, agreed um to, to be able to 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 flip Laramie Tunsell into a first rounder in two thousand and twenty a number three pick in two thousand and twenty one which you again turned into a number six pick and then a first rounder in two thousand and twenty three plus didn't they have like two or three second and third round picks thrown in there t- as well with all the trades that they've done, so they you know. I would be I, – I I when this is all done, when they, we get to 23 and they, they, if they don't trade that pick and they actually make that pick, I would like to compare the haul for Laramie Tunsell and and, 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 and Kenny Stills to the haul the Cowboys got for Herschel Walker. And I'm guessing they're going to be pretty close. I'm, I'm guessing that the the, the the value of the picks they actually took, and there's obviously whatever it was last year, 19th or 24th or whatever it was that they had uh, from the Texans pick in 2020 the number six pick this year, the first rounder in 2023, a second rounder this year, I believe a third rounder next year. It's got to come close to one of the biggest hauls in draft history.
0: Right. Uh, But, and, you know, I guess I'm going to slow the roll here on the excitement. It's not about the picks. It's about the players. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the Cowboys with their Herschel Walker Hall, um, I think they got like two Hall of Famers out of there and I think they got like three other starters, uh, and, and two, you know, like three other starters, two of which were Pro Bowlers perennially. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not sure, uh, but I think it's more important to have, the players actually work out
1: oh, than, of <laughs> than <laughs> yeah, to have a bunch
0: of picks. For example, and and it's way too early to make a determination one way or the other. Like last year's three first rounders, are we are we going? Oh my gosh, this is
1: going to be amazing. Well, no,
0: rhetorical. I mean, we'll, are we'll, we?
1: know, we'll we'll know a lot more in in eight months. Like this yeah. is this, this is uh, 2020 for rookies, particularly a rookie coming off a major injury, uh, and, and 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 certainly Austin Jackson and and Igbenogany were projects. They were very talented, but they weren't finished products. They they were total projects. I think you give them two years, then 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 we decide if if Austin Jackson. This year gives up two sacks and you know, three holding penalties and doesn't miss a snap. And the Dolphins are running for 140 yards a game behind him. Awesome pick. And if Ig Benogany someday is the uh, the, the, the starting boundary that, that gives them the confidence to move on from Xavier Howard or Byron Jones or somebody like that. And he, and he steps up and he fills that role. Awesome. I, you know, both those things panning out probably are unlikely, but we'll see. And is 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 Jalen Waddell going to be the next Tyreek Hill and, and just an absolute game changer? I, I think he has the capability of doing that. We'll see if that you know if, if that's you know what his path is. And again, all these other picks, the second and third round picks, and the 2023 first round pick, the, the the jury is still out. But if you're building a team from scratch, and that is essentially what they did, right? I mean, th- think about I was I was doing this exercise the other day. Players that are still here that were here when Flo took the job, I think you can count them on two hands, maybe one hand. I mean, Devontae, Xavier Howard, Jakeem Grant, who I don't think is very long for this place, Albert Wilson, Alan Hearns, who one of those two will not make the team. Maybe both of them won't make the team. Who else? Jesse Davis, yeah, he's been around for a minute. Jerome Baker, yeah, he's been around for a minute. But all of a sudden, you're starting to – Jason Sanders, okay – but you're up to eight now, and I can't think of too many more that predated Brian Flores. That is fair,
0: and that is true, and that's what needs to we – need, we need to – at any point where we're talking about the players that predate Brian Flores, we're talking about um, the Dolphins not being good enough because they need to – with all of the draft capital that they have had – a number five overall pick, a number three overall pick, a number 18 overall pick, actually a couple of number 18 overall picks, which is amazing, Uh, a number 31 overall pick, four second-round picks. Those guys need to become the nucleus and Mm -hmm. the stars of this show because the guys that predate them – the best player on the team, I think everyone agrees, is Xavier Howard, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Xavier Howard uh, is going into year six, and his contract is is up in the air because he wants a better deal, and I don't blame him, by the way. But, you know, he's he's been through the the battles, and he's got the knee issues, and now the contract issues, and he hasn't been part of OTAs. He can't be the lone reason why people believe the Dolphins secondary is gonna be really good. He can't be, he can't burden, he can't shoulder that burden. Oh, he for can't sure. be the, there has to be, you know, we talk a lot about load up for Tua. Uh, hashtag load up for Tua. Actually, we don't talk a lot about it. I do uh, <laughs> because I tried to make it a thing and it really failed. But, but nonetheless, uh, we got a load up for Xavier Z- Howard. He can't be the entire defense. Who else is a star on that defense? We need stars on that mm-hmm. defense.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we,
0: uh, we talking the Dolphins do. It's right. You know. Yeah,
1: I mean they I, I think there's uh, a belief that Jalen Phillips has that ceiling. He could, he could be a star for that defense. Uh I think Raquan Davis is, is 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 poised to take a huge second second year step. He played very well as a rookie. It's tough to be a Raekwon star. As,
0: Davis will never be a star at yeah, It's, it's tough to be it's
1: tackle. It, Unless your name is Aaron Donald or you know, right. it's, it's it's tough to be a star at, at defensive exactly. tackle. I'll give you that. Um you know, maybe Javon Holland, uh, you know, they're, 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 they have, I, I think what this defense has is a lot of good, not great, good interchangeable pieces. And, and Brian Flores will take that. Like that, that's fine. So long as they, as a collective unit are getting pressure on the quarterback, he'll be happy. If, if one guy doesn't have 15 sacks, but you know, three guys have eight, He's cool with that I think he is and we'll see what van Ginkle does and all that but I think they have a lot of I think they have a lot of b plus players on this defense and they have as you mentioned a superstar in Xavier Howard now is the sum of the parts you know is the whole bigger than some of the parts surrounding Xavier we'll find out this fall um, but you know i I think there are a lot of good but not great pieces on that on that defensive side of the ball
0: so let me say to you that I think that You're absolutely right as far as what Brian Flores wants. But I think what he wants is misguided. And this is the reason I think that. He wants that because that he saw that in New England where he was trained up and where he, you know, collected a lot of Super Bowl rings right there along with Bill Belichick. He saw that Belichick and co. could get himself, uh, you know, a lot of success and super bowl rings because they had versatile players on offense and defense and they could do a lot of different things week to week sometimes quarter to quarter right mhm except that that philosophy is empty and it's empty unless
1: you have what or whom
0: it's empty uh. unless you have tom brady
1: well, yeah. I mean, certainly okay. having, having a Hall of Fame quarterback papers over a lot of
0: exactly. average players. And, yeah. and without that, it's just another philosophy that gets you to 8-8 eight and eight maybe. Yeah. That's all that is. That's, and that's my problem. I don't want to hear about this guy being super versatile and that guy being super versatile. And we're super versatile. I want to hear this star is super mm-hmm. versatile. That star is super versatile. Jalen Phillips is collecting 15 sacks a year while he's both standing up or uh, with his hand in the dirt, and he's covering sometimes. Yeah, now he's super versatile, but guess what? He's giving me 15 sacks a year. I don't want super versatile and five sacks. That doesn't do me. Kyle Van Noy did that, and mm-hmm. guess where that got him? Nowhere. Kyle Van Noy a, has a lot of Super Bowl rings, but it's not because of Kyle Van Noy. It's because Tom Brady, who wasn't super versatile, who didn't have a game that could attack a defense 10 different ways because he's not that mobile, that guy is the reason that Brian Flores has so many Super Bowl rings. Not, not super versatile. And if he brings the super versatile thing here, but he doesn't have Tom Brady kind of guy, we're going to have just an 8-8 eight eight kind of team. Right.
1: And, I, and I, I, I agree totally with what you're saying. I, I think it's a long way of saying, Tua better show up this year. That, that, that this entire exercise is predicated on the success of, of their quarterback and their quarterback is entering year two and everything he says is that he's, you know, he's never been healthier and he feels great and he's got He's got a far better command of the offense than he did last year and all these great things that quarterbacks say in May and June, but you know, the, the proof is in the pudding in August, September, July, you know, August, September, and October, November, December. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out how, you know, how much of a leap he's made, but I do, I want to give the dolphins credit for this. They have built a team that should compete, that should compete for division titles, that should should be in competitive in playoff games if the quarterback takes that next step. I, I don't think that because there, there have been years that you have, and certainly you covered in the Marino years, but you have great quarterback play, but there's a lot missing on the, on the margins, and that's, that's the difference between a good and a great team. I don't think they're really missing. I don't think there are massive holes on this team. You can quibble about why, aren't, and I agree with you, they, they they need more playmaking stars, certainly, and maybe some of these guys take this next step. Maybe Jalen Waddell you know, gives that, and, and, and Will Fuller gives that dynamic to the offense. Um, but none of that matters if Tua stinks, right? None, none of that matters if Tua isn't who they thought he'd be when they drafted him. With the fifth pick in the draft, and, and 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 it sounds very reductive. It's like you know, well, yeah, no, no, no crap, Beasley, but but it's it's true. Everyone I've talked to around the league, when I ask them about the Dolphins, they're like, "Oh, depends on the quarterback." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, that's great analysis, but it's true. It's it it really is the truth about this team." So I don't, you know, I'm not worried about you know who who's going to end up being the starting right guard. I'm not worried about you know if um you know uh Brandon Jones gets any snaps on defense those things will work them, th- themselves out and they'll, they'll figure out a way to make it work certainly this team has shown a history of getting better as the year has gone on and figuring out ways to improve mistakes improve deficiencies they didn't figure it out figure that out last year with Tua in fact he regressed he got worse as the year went on and if that happens again this year um uh, there's going to be significant changes within that organization. I'm not saying coach and GM, but certainly they would look outside the building for for help at quarterback if that's the case.
0: We talked last week about how Tua admitted that last year he didn't know the offense as well as he should, and he wasn't capable of moving on to different plays. That Sometimes he had to run a play that he knew wasn't going to work, but he wasn't capable of changing out of because he didn't know what to do, or he didn't know other plays to go with, or whatever. So we talked about that. Brian Flores, when he spoke on the topic and uh, was asked about it, he kind of glossed over that, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, he said, well, it's to be expected. I, I learned a lot from year one to year two when I was an assistant coach. And I was thinking, yeah, but the playbook probably wasn't one of those things. You you probably learn how to organize team meetings better. You probably uh, learn how to reach your players in a better way. But knowing the playbook is a basic requirement of any position, but particularly a quarterback.
0: Right. Uh, You know, this is a true story. So. When Dan Marino was a rookie and I know we always refer to Dan Marino but let's face it with the Miami Dolphins that is the that is the goal. you want that again you know that' that's just it. in Indianapolis you want Peyton Manning again. in Denver you want John Elway again. in Miami you want Dan Marino again. when he was a rookie Shula had him call his own plays during training camp during the preseason and that he said helped him but even when he got in the game his first season as a rookie which i think was like the fifth game of the season or something like that he needed help from veterans calling the play in the huddle not calling it but rather articulating it mm-hmm. in the in the huddle so there's a certain amount of yeah you look you got to grow into the position i get that but by week 16, by week 15 of the season, by week 17, even in a season that there is no preseason, because you're not really calling your, your major plays in the preseason anyway, and you're not really seeing defenses that will require you to change plays at the line of scrimmage in the preseason anyway. But by week 17, dude, you need to be able to do that and I am assuming that what Brian Flores told us, that, you know, it's not a big deal. You learn more in your second year. Yeah, that's fine. But I really hope that there was a, a heart-to-heart career chat had there where Tua, um, dude, you need to really, you know, plow into the whole playbook thing and your pre-snap reads and your options to go to other plays to make us successful this year.
1: Uh, a bit of news while you were giving that answer. Uh, um, Mike Rothstein has tweeted, Arthur Smith said that the Falcons will have joint practices with Miami. So uh, for the first time that I can remember, uh, the Dolphins will be hosting joint practices because the Falcons play here week two of the preseason. So get ready to sweat. I was thinking you might have like a uh, an escape to Chicago or Cincinnati, but it sounds like uh, you <laughs> –
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. an escape to Cincinnati. Yes, yep. that's what I was wanting in mm-hmm. July and August. An escape to Cincinnati. I live in Miami. Let me escape to Cincinnati.
1: Oh, I would take I would take Ohio weather over South Florida weather in August. If you a, a week away from that, I yeah, I get you. Yeah, you can only eat so much skyline chili, but who, it's hot down here. So yeah, um, so that's good. That's. Uh, I remember that the Bucks worked
0: out with the, uh, with the Dolphins down here one year. Actually, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I remember that Warren Sapp, who was playing at the time, took a leak on the Dolphins' uh, video stanchion. <laughs> he, he apparently didn't know that he could go in the building, which I understand. It's not his building. It's not his team's building. So he just decided... You know, right here on the stanchion, I'm going to take a leak. And about that time, Jimmy Johnson is coming out to the field. And so Zap finishes doing his business, zips, not zips up, but ties up his pants, turns around and shakes Jimmy Johnson's hand.
1: (laughs) Did, did, Did Warren play for Jimmy? in uh, at UM No, he
0: played uh I don't know if he did or he didn't. Uh I don't know if he was recruited by Jimmy and then Jimmy left in in 89 and Warren was there. I don't know how it worked, but obviously they they knew each other and they had that UM tie thing going on. So Warren just finishes his business, turns around, shakes Jimmy's hand and we're all just
1: cackling
0: because coach you don't know what you don't know brother
1: (laughs) with that incredible visual we were going to uh, tie up and zip up uh, another uh, the penultimate edition of the Dolphins and Depth podcast I'll be back for one more week you better tune in it's going to be great I have no idea what I'm going to say but I might break down in tears the penultimate
0: edition before a new star of the show shows Mm. tune Tune in tune in